Hey guys, and welcome to Behind the Bunker, episode 497 here uh, at beautiful Behind the Bunker Studios, podcast number 377. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this is our weekly paintball show that gets turned into a podcast. Uh, if you don't have an opportunity to watch us on Facebook for an, for an hour, you can go and download us from anywhere that you get your better uh, podcast from, or your favorite podcast from, rather, and uh, find us there. We're also streaming on YouTube and uh that's where we continue to stream our after show slash podcast it's uh me my name is todd ansich i also have a few other friends with me tonight as well where you're going to see gavin sharma from Terratech industries you're going to see joe kimson from flaggers paintball i even think we managed to get josh zubies abrickus in tonight uh so we'll be having some uh banter for you guys tonight tonight's topic is how can you help newbies at the field and we're going to be talking to you guys about that uh, a little bit later on the show we're going to have prices right we're going to have some news we're going to have a vault fresh vault segment from joe and uh lots more to get to tonight so so stay tuned so are you guys ready for a show or what do you think yeah. there we go oh where'd you go gavin there you are <laughs> very oh, good playing hide and seek we were um so I said it was 497. That means, ladies and gentlemen, the 500th episode is on Monday, March 29th. That's going to start at 8 p.m. or shortly thereafter, and that's going to be on Facebook and YouTube Live, and then we're also going to uh, obviously have that as a podcast. Um, one thing I want to tell you is uh, I have a box to the right of me from Planet Eclipse, and it's chock full of giveaways. So on that night show... We're going to be asking you guys to uh, either answer questions or like and share or do something. And uh, you guys will be qualified to win some stuff. And it's not something that you, some of the stuff you have not seen before and some of it you will never see bef uh, again. And you'll, you'll know about that when we uh, get to the show. And lots more. We'll have some more surprises and things coming up. We do a best of clip show with a montage, but we don't have anything really good to share. So, yeah. Gavin, what are we wearing that night? Are we going to do something fun? Um, something festive, I think. Uh, it is a formal occasion. 500 episodes. That's, uh, you know, that's not just a exceptional tiger stripe hoodie, which is available from behind the bunker <laughs> swag shop. Um, you know, we're going to have to uh, make it a little bit more formal, I think. I think so. Josh, you made us uh, ACU bow ties and um, pocket squares, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> when we wore uh, tuxedos. You make us multicam. What about all-terrain tiger stripe? I have a couple cut-off pairs of pants. I oh. probably could. Yeah. Or is it because that's probably, it's... That's probably enough. A couple of legs. Yeah. Or is it more of a hoodie kind of night? <laughs> I would wear a hoodie. How about a Hoodie shirts? Tiger stripe hoodie. I think every night's a Hawaiian note. Uh, here, I just found the image. So this was our 250th episode um, and there we go. We just basically wore fancy attire. I wore a fancy shirt, no, as, did, as did Joe. And Ga uh, Gavin <laughs> wore a, a hoodie. <laughs> I think I was rolling in from work, and I just grabbed whatever I had in my vehicle at the time. Yeah. Uh, can, we wear can we wear fancy shirts? We could wear fancy shirts. Unfortunately, I don't think we're all going to be in the studio together that night. I think it'll still Not be a likely. Zoom show, unfortunately. Oh, but... Uh, Eh, whatever. At least we're still, you know, at least we're still able to put on a show. Friends. So I do want to say that you know, we were chatting off air a couple of weeks ago about being the 500th show. But 
Behind the Bunker has done well over 500 shows. So that is 500 Monday broadcasts, yeah. right? So that's not including the paintball extravaganza, the pack show, um, all the event shows and stuff like that. So this is just 500 Monday nights uh, that we've got together. So I'm pretty excited about that. So although it is a milestone in terms of the regular Monday show, um, Behind the Bunker has been an institution and we've been around for a lot longer than just 500 shows. So I'm pretty excited about hitting that milestone. And I'm hoping uh, you guys are excited too to join us on this uh, this journey for the next 500 after that. Yeah. And Joseph you... has the floor. <laughs> I have a question. Um, Josh, I have somewhere tiger stripe material, not ripstop, but the cotton twill, like my tiger stripe that I got from the original. So this is vintage stuff, probably 25, 30 years old. Mm -hmm. Could you make Hawaiian shirts for us? And I also have the original buttons from the original authentic Vietnam air buttons on the tiger stripe. Could you make Hawaiian shirts and how much material would you make need to make Hawaiian shirts for each one of us? Um, that's a good With a question. For my lighter. And a what? A, a little, little pocket for your lighter? Just like my just like my shirt. I I think it would at least be two meters per shirt. Because you're quite we'll see. I'll have to find out. Okay, that's fine. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail everybody. <laughs> well, I think well, uh, I, I think it's an important thing. <laughs> this is important. Yeah. And uh, I'm assuming you want like short sleeve Hawaiian short, style, right? Short sleeve Hawaiian shirt that we were untucked. But man, they would look really good at those Vietnam era buttons and stuff. And a little lighter pocket, customized, modified, tricked out. Custom yeah, I'd, pre I'd prefer a long sleeve Hawaiian turtleneck. <laughs> oh, good for you. I would like a banded collarless shirt. If I could jump in a Hawaiian <laughs> volcano with your turtleneck. Oh, don't wish me death, Joseph. Turtleneck. <laughs> that was harsh. Oh boy, I am uh, taking an opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, to share this to all of my paintball friends. I've shared it on my personal Facebook page, and there's a couple of groups that I belong to as well. So uh, if you guys want to do the same, by all Jesse, means. Jesse Day said we would need 1.5 yards per shirt, probably. I don't know if I have. I don't know how many meters I have. It's a piece. How many yards do you a have? Big piece. That would that would be six yards, right? Yards. <laughs> one point five three six, and then if we had enough, we could make Matt one. But I have, I do have some material because I was going to get a tiger stripe flight suit made um, at one time in my life for when we played down pilot at the outdoor field. If you um, don't have enough, we can always make a belly top for Matt. Uh, George Hay has a good comment. He says, "What about rompers?" Rompers are a good idea. And speaking of George Hay, I mean, when I was working at Chicopee on the weekend, there was this, there was this crock, a lone crock laying there that people kept walking over. And I wanted to take a picture and say, what a crock. But then it, I kept chuckling to myself because every time I walked by, I was thinking George Hay only has one shoe. George Hay only has one shoe. Then it was gone the next day and it was in the bush. So it's like this traveling crock at Chicopee. And I just kept thinking, what a crock. And I wanted to take a picture because it would have made good picture on my facebook but that's all i missed the george hay maybe we'll see him this year when all this nonsense goes away um hey ladies and gentlemen a couple things in paintball i want to tell you guys about the 2021 event schedule for the nxl has been up for quite some time but uh dallas is just around the corner on march 19th to 20th make sure you guys uh, get sorted out on that one 
Uh, then it's moving on over to Kissimmee for event two on April 30th to May 2nd. So very cool. Be nice to see how those those turn out. Also, guys, head on over to paintball.media and check out The One Question. Uh, that's the new online, or that's a new issue of the online magazine for March. So go on over and check that out. Last week, we were talking uh, about our our bells and Joe Strayer sent this in. He says, uh, not a question here, but here's a pick of my dinging apparatus. <laughs> Very good. Ding, ding machine. And that's from Beardy McBeardington on, uh, on our YouTube chat. So thank you, sir. I saw that before the show and it made me smile. Uh, shortly, we're going to be talking about uh, some of your mail-in questions. If you guys have any questions, by all means, post it up in the chat, and hopefully we can try to get to them a little bit later on tonight. Uh, Joe, are you ready to play your vault tonight? Yes. Why don't we, sure. do, why don't we do that? We'll play Joe's vault, and uh, we'll get right into mail time as soon as we get back, guys. Hey, it's uh, Joe from Flagriders here with another segment of From the Vault, where we go back in history, back into the early days of paintball. This week is no different. Today, we are going to explore the early days of the paintball squeegee these by nearly two decades predate the exalt barrel swab which has become the preferred barrel cleaner of the paintball industry so this this would go down your barrel and then you would pull extract this and then these small little tongs would open up and you would pull it out of your barrel extracting all the broken goop then it would retract back down to its normal size. Then you would store it in a compact leg sheath, belt sheath, somewhere for the time you need it. Some guys would wear these around their neck, but it's pretty long. It's like trying to run around, run around with a broom. But anyway, guys, you've been watching uh, From the Vault. We'll see you next time on Behind the Bunker. Pew, pew. That was, that was pretty neat. I, you know, when I when I pulled that out of um, the, the bit of 62 caliber pistols that I have, that, that squeegee was, you know, I started looking at it. It's made out of a, a solid piece of aluminum tube, and then it, it's crudely done. It's, it's, it's probably dremeled by hand for that piece that slides up and down. And then I found an O-ring in a, in a Proto Matrix 5 kit that would fit on, and it's just the way that you know paintball has come in you know in, in the nearly 40 years i remember the first the very first squeegee that we ever had when we were using the mark one uzis i took a wooden dowel notched it and took a sponge and tied it on with a piece of dental floss so we could somehow swab the broken paint out of people's guns then I, then i found a shotgun swab that would work and we used that and then eventually squeegees were made like that was the first sort of mass produced sort of squeegee that was made and then then straight shot came up basically the same thing but you know made out of plastic and didn't weigh a lot and if you fell on it it wouldn't skewer you so you know and now now we're at the folding you know exalt barrel made so it's kind of cool you know where where things have come along yeah it's such a simple thing like you look back at what joe just showed and there's a mechanical aspect to that thing where you now look at an exalt squeegee made of fabric how much better it is who would have thunk back then right like that's all you had yeah it's all we had it was that was it that was the that was the shit but you know i'm looking through old paintball magazines and you know 
just some of the the things that you can get like you know gravity feed tubes were you know the the thing you know before hoppers were around it was a gravity feed tube and then then there was the the debate constant nerve versus 12 gram right who would have you know who would have thought constant air, people would be debating whether no way we can't use constant air, that's not paintball blah 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 or i guess it would be splat ball at that time or adventure games no you're still war games so it's neat it re really reminds me then you look back at these magazines and you remember that nightline special with bill Wal bill um what is his name bill walters or something or ken jennings or i don't know his name but that nightline special where they did on paintball way back at SC Village, man. That was great with the helicopter. If you can, it's on YouTube. People should watch that. It's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool watch. It goes way back. Hey, Joe, uh, they're talking in the live chat about your Jeep. Maybe one day you can widen the camera angle and do a vault on your Jeep. I can do something on my Jeep. And then maybe there's a, an M151 at the field that might be a good... Uh, good vault one day as well that is my m151 what is the deuce then what do you call the, the deuce? deuce an m30 m35 a2 deuce and a half. i've never been good with my alphabets and then oh, yeah you have a, an ambulance and a bunch of other stuff m37 ambulance and a radio truck but they don't run my my mutt is actually the predecessor to the humvee so it's made in am general made by am general um four-wheel independent suspension but they're pretty cool so yeah we could do a we could do a vault on my mutt Military utility, truck, military utility truck tactical one quarter ton. That's there. what MUT stands for. There you go. Um, and this time of year, it has built-in air conditioning. It does. It's in my garage. Your car, your, <laughs> your, your car hold? My car hold. Your garage. <laughs> my garage. Your garage. Joe used to smuggle counterfeit jeans out of there. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, why don't we move over and give Gavin a little bit of time to shine. Gavin, you ready for some mail time? Ladies and gentlemen, it's mail time, the time where I get to rip open my sack and read some of the correspondence that you, my friends, have sent in because these are burning questions and you need some ointment for it. We are the ointment. Uh, so the first question comes to us from Zane in Zane Zaniac Smith, and he wants to know, um, as we, brackets Canada, uh, come out of winter and hopefully COVID, uh, is there any recommendations on what you should do to our markers to get them up and running for the season, i.e. cleaning, lubing, etc.? What should we do with those markers in bins and bags? <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not the one to ask because they're still sitting in bins and bags. Well, if you stored them properly. They are. They're I in think. a bag <laughs> or a bin. <laughs> bin or bag. Like, where else are you going to store it? <laughs> exactly. A, bin, a bindle? Tupperwares? Yeah. And a I, drum of oil? Well, some, maybe you guys are maybe trans, you guys are different. Transmission fluid in them, they'll but, be fine. Yeah. Maybe you guys are different. The guns that I own, typically, you just pull out of your gear bag, air it up, and ninety-nine point chance that they're going to work. You might have the odd battery if you have a, a gun that you know requires a battery, but I don't store my, bat my my guns with batteries in them anyways. If I know I'm not going to play with them for a while, um, I usually put them back to the remote remotes and stuff. So I, I don't know. Do you guys do anything to get your guns ready for the season? Um, not, for, for me, not so much, but I, you bring up a great point. If you have a battery type gun, uh, to do a quick inspection uh, to make sure there's no corrosion or leakage or the wiring looks okay. Uh, but other than that, I think it's just uh, some, some lube. Lube, baby, makes everything better. 
Uh, so as long as you, you know, the O-rings are fine, then uh, I think that's all you need to do. I think people were chomping at the bit to get out, and I get that. I, I am too. Uh, but whatever you uh, have done, assuming you didn't throw your dirty gear into a bag or bin uh, at the end of the season, um, if you cleaned it properly, then it should be good to go. <gasps> oh, no. Gavin is chomping at the bit, kind of like French lick. La, la, la. Uh, that is a yeah, well, it's a suburb of uh, French Lick. <laughs> That's their restaurant uh, area in their town in Jumping French Lick. Jumping at the bit in French Lick. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Oh boy. Any other thoughts? Um, no. I, I, I'm a little bit weird about this, but I, um, when I found out we weren't be playing for the rest of the season, I actually took all the springs out of my mags for my TMC. And they're just laying out on a shelf. <laughs> so I'll have to put them back in. But So here's the question. And, and I asked this a couple years ago, and, and, I, and I still hear answers going back and forth. But when, for like a, like a real gun in the real gun industry, the argument is, do you keep your mags loaded or not? And, you know, the concern is the wear on the spring. But from what the general consensus in, in real steel is, is if you're constantly moving the spring, stretching it either way, that's where the wear comes. If you leave it packed or leave it relaxed, it doesn't change the anatomy of the spring. So I don't know if I believe I, that, but that's... I've heard it from a couple of different viewpoints. I know a couple of police officers will switch out mags every once in a while and clean them because they it sits on their hip often and yeah. it fills up with dust. They're just not uh, shooting enough. Okay. And, and then a, a lot of people that do like a concealed carry, well, it's the same thing, right? Because yeah. it might not necessarily take their concealed carry and go to the range all the time and clean it and all that because then they have to. They're not allowed to. It. Ontario so officers their, can't. You're right. Yeah, they're quote unquote uh, range guns, right? And then some people yeah. will say, well, I'll only put three in it and only do that. But it's like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Well, look at, your, look at your phone, take it out of your pocket and look at your charge port and tell me it's not full of. You know, pocket surprises, oh, right? It's got bits of M and M's in it, and bits of Smarties, and <laughs> bits of Reese's pieces. Just look at your belly button. And... Same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a jar. M and M's in my belly. Button. <laughs> I have a jar that I keep all my belly button stuff in. Oh boy, yeah, so, got derailed there. Sorry. But, no, no, it's fine. But TMC it, it, mags, different springs than real steel, right? They're not nearly as strong, and they get bent, warped, and twisted easier, right? So yes. I took I, I don't know if it does anything or not. I'm not about to sit around and figure out, but in my mind, it was like, I'm doing something good. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You're, you're probably right, Josh, taking them out and, yeah. and, and cleaning them. I think I cleaned everything before the end of the season. Um, I don't recall, but everything's pretty clean. And I, I always leave my mags um, unwound. So they're just sort of um, not cocked. And then we, Todd and I have always had the debate and Gavin about field guns. Do we leave them cocked or uncocked? Yeah. And Dan and Hardy in the live chat brings up, he says, take the drive springs uh, and your detents out of your tipments for the winter. I, see, I disagree. I think you you cock the gun, which takes the pressure off the uh, off the detent or detent, depending on which hemisphere you live in. Um, and then um, but then, yeah, then you've got pressure on the drive spring. I get it. But I'm not taking apart 150 Model 98s to get the drive springs out to save the detents. Actually, there's a trick that maybe Joe and I'll do a video someday about. But if you ever want to replace your 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 detente on an A or a, on a Model 98, all you gotta do is cock it back and get a 90 degree 
pick tool, picking tool, and you can pick it out and put it back in in a matter of moments. Um, so maybe that's what you do in the in the in the winter, I guess. Oh boy, I'm just reading through all the live comments here. Um, yeah, I don't know, I, Gavin. Are you, what are you doing with your guns? Are you doing anything other than just taking Nothing. the batteries out? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, last season was my primary marker was my TMC, so there's no batteries. But make sure the you know the mags were clean and the gun was clean. It's in the bindle and uh, waiting to go out. So I'm not going to do anything other than you know shoot some um, transmission fluid in it um, when I <laughs> when I fire it up uh, when we get out there. But that's about it. Yeah. 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 I'm not seeing anything anything that okay. we haven't already said in the in the live chat. So maybe we can move on. Sounds good. Uh, next question comes to us from Paintball100. That is his legal name. Uh, and he wants to know, uh, when a player is just starting out, what do you believe is the first and most important piece of equipment to buy? Uh, so for him, he says the mask. And Let's I go think around we'd the all, for this one again. But see, I think we'd all agree with the mask. Let's change, ch- change his question up because the mask is by far the first thing you should buy. Let's say you just bought a mask. Now what's the first thing that you should buy? Let's make it a little more interesting. Um, yeah. You could do, you could do something like what our friend Nick did at the field. He bought himself a 14-inch Model 98 threaded barrel, so whenever he came out to the field, he could take a rental gun and just screw on his own barrel, which would then give it much better performance. And he just wasn't in the market for a gun, so to drop 50 bucks on a barrel was an easier thing to do. For sure. Yeah. That's Anyone else? Idea. Sturdy footwear, Joe. Um. Yeah, footwear footwear is pretty pretty important, especially if you're playing, you know, in the spring or fall when when you know things can be slippery. Sturdy footwear is a good bet. But I I also lately I've been telling suggesting once people buy buy their mask, like get get a little more protection, like a shema and a pair of, a pair of gloves, like mechanics wear gloves or some sort of paintball type gloves beyond our tactical gardening gloves that we sell and even a swab or a squeegee then that that gets you you know a, a decent mask you know you're still probably in canadian dollars under 200 dollars probably for combined a mask pair of gloves a shema and um a swab yeah. well not everybody's that, got and, not everybody's got shema money but yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. There's a couple of things in the in the comment here. People are saying, um, um, oh, it's going so fast. A couple of you guys said uh, pads, like knee pads. Uh, a couple of you guys said plate carrier, uh, which I think is a great idea. Any sort of pod pack for me would would, would was what I was going to say. Buy yourself your own paintball tubes or pods to carry your own paint in and your own way to do it. Whether you want to do a tactical vest or a, a speedball style harness, but that would be the best thing for sure. So I'm seeing the agreement with Joe in the uh, YouTube chat and on Facebook as well. Uh, and that's not something I would have considered, but I would strongly endorse now, uh, even after your mask purchase uh, and you're using rental equipment, a good squeegee is invaluable, right? Yeah. It's pretty cheap. You can stick in a pocket and that will make the difference between accuracy and shooting around corners. Yeah. Dan so, and yeah. Hardy also has a good, uh, oh, sorry, I responded to the wrong person here. Yeah, he said... Uh... Oh, who just said a behind the bunker patch? There you go. Bob Spicer, buy a behind the bunker patch and you're on your way. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Bond Chick says behind the bunker hoodie. 
that is a must. I'm waiting to hear back from that company. So hopefully by next show, I keep saying that, but by next show, I'll have an answer. I was supposed to hear back from them today, but they didn't get a hold of me. Um, and I don't want to rush them. I don't want to sound too eager. Otherwise, we're going to be spending too much on them. So I don't know if it's such a good idea if you're just getting it out in a paintball to admit to watching this show. That might bring up some hard questions you're not ready to answer yet. <laughs> yeah, you look too pro. You look too pro. Yeah. yeah. I'm with Joe in the chat, though. Joe Kimson. Uh, anything Tiger Stripe should be what you buy after a good mask. <laughs> Will you share what he said? <laughs> Doesn't matter. There we go. I was All supposed right. to, below that, I was supposed to say Crocs, but it says Cross, but you guys know what I meant. Sure. <laughs> we do now. <laughs> Whatever. It is what it is. Or uh, you go out and you get yourself some Terratech paint, you know, either one. Yeah. Socks, good socks, and you can wear them all year. But see, Brandon yeah, Page has got you both. He says Crocs with socks. Then you're stylish and functional. Hey, like listen, did you, did you know you can buy waterproof socks? Yeah. They're also called, they used to sell them called seal skins, but... Yeah, so that that solves the problem of wearing Crocs in the swamp. That's true. <laughs> that picture that I posted the other day um, on the Flagger Instagram of me wearing my Tiger Stripe at RLD on, like, what was likely Canada's first speedball field, but it was made with skids and a few tires. But that... That's one of the first um, working semi-automatic guns that was in Canada was that Canada was that 68 special. But going back to that day, our friend Dougie, we were in some in a swamp somewhere at RLD and he got stuck up to his waist and we had to haul him out. And he was a big fellow, so he it took a lot of effort to get him out. But that was a that was a good day. You don't care. <laughs> I would stop paying attention. That's fine. I'm just trying to give Josh a moment to talk because if I don't, he'll get mad at me. Okay, well, let Josh talk. Yeah, Josh, go ahead. It is your segment. (laughs) Well, it's Todd's show, so we'll go from there. All right, can I interrupt Josh and go on to the next question? Whatever, it's your segment. (laughs) Perfect. All right, uh, little Wolfie Critchlow, who has just started playing paintball, uh, has a burning question for us here in Canada, uh, Canada. Uh, so he says he has a question. Why are not or why are we not hearing from paintball manufacturers nor getting their help or support in regards to Bill C-21? So we talked about this briefly on a show a couple of weeks ago. Bill um, C-21 is the Canadian government's overreach into um, into the firearms industry, which has a direct negative impact into paintball and airsoft uh, for anything that looks like a military yep. Uh, weapon or uh, or real firearm. Yeah, and if you guys want so, more information on what's actually happening, go check out Wolf's video he posted today. Um, we won't get into it too much because it we 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 we're talking quite a bit about it on the show. But Joe, there's a bill, there's a petition rather that people Canadian. Uh, well, I guess not only just Canadians, but anybody can sign, right? I think it's. I think you need. An, I believe it's Canadians, but I guess anybody can sign it. There's over forty five thousand, almost at fifty thousand people have signed it. Um, it's about you know banning banning air the canadian government wants to ban airsoft because of the realistic appearance of some of the equipment used in the sport but you know what what sadly is is being missed and overlooked is you know people talking about you know uh, paintball and airsoft are one of the only sports that can be played that 
successfully during the pandemic. And there's also all kinds of economic spinoffs as far as employment, um, spend, taxes, you know, the airsoft fellows like paintballers are quite social. We'll go out afterwards to, you know, um, a restaurant or a bar and have drinks and regale each other with their days. So I think there's, you know, that that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big aspect of the sport as well. And, and the, the, you know, the tax revenue generated by yeah. sales of airsoft gear. So that's something to talk and, about. And we've problem. done a lot of work. We've talked to a lot of our politicians. Joe's been quoted in the House of Commons uh, when they're talking about the bill. We've been doing a lot of stuff on our end. Um, the only thing we're asking you guys to do is just get out there and sign that petition. If you want to do more, great. Um, but minimally speaking, just get out and sign that petition. Um, so can I implore them to do one more step, yeah. uh, Todd, or a few yeah, more yeah. steps? Um, so for anybody who is a paintball enthusiast or airsoft enthusiast uh, or a gun enthusiast here in Canada, um, you got to recognize we are in a minority government right now, and we're likely going to be in a minority government in the next uh, session as well. So this is a great time to write to your MP and let them know where your vote's going to lie. If it's going to lie with uh, anybody who supports this bill, um, or I mean, who, who, um, you will oppose anybody who supports this bill, that's great. So you can directly write to your MP, you could directly write to each minister who holds a portfolio that uh, is directly impacted by, uh, by this bill. And as well, you can write to the shadow cabinets, right? So each, each party has a critic of uh, each of the industries or each of the portfolios. So you can write to your MP, write to the ministers who hold each of the portfolios, as well as write to each of the opposition parties, um, shadow cabinet ministers who can uh, also speak to this as well. Let them know more than just signing a petition uh, that your vote is going to count in the next election and it will be against any politi politician who supports this bill. Yeah. Yeah. Gavin, is that something you could maybe do a little bit of research on? I know you're not very busy and you've been sitting in your hammock eating bonbons. Yeah. But if you could maybe put up each minister and so then I, 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 yeah. a shadow minister somewhere and we can maybe post that. Not not necessarily this no, minute. No, but yeah, not, not, not right now. But yes, you have to remember, every party has a critic of each of the portfolios a minister has, right? So uh, the Green Party, the NDP, uh, the Conservative Party as well, because right now the Liberals hold government, right? So you can write to each of those. It could be a form letter and you just send it individually. And in Canada, you do not require postage to write to your MP or a portfolio minister, right? You just send it in the mail as is. So letters have stronger impact, at least at this point in, in our lives, uh, than an email, right? Yeah. They have to respond to each and every one of them. And it's not just a cut and paste form letter or form email response. Uh, so let each politician know. And it, it again, minority governments are great, uh, simply because um, they require votes. They require that. They want a majority, right? So they want people to vote. So uh, I know our American friends are pretty bored right now and in, in international as well. Uh, but just be aware of what's going on in Canada because that can slowly trickle over to, uh, to your country as well. But for all of our Canadians, make sure you write your MP, uh, the, the, the ministers who are holding the portfolios and the, uh, the opposition critics of that as well. Yeah, um, for sure. I took the letter that i wrote uh, one step a little bit farther and stated like i will continue to vote against anybody who continues to do this because i can easily see bill c21 maybe not passing but another six months from now there'll be another one and there'll be another one and there'll be another one so yeah i made sure my voice was heard on the next whatever they come up with there you go all right uh, so a couple more questions, Todd, if we're not running too long. Yeah, let's okay. do a couple more real quick, and then we'll, right. uh, we'll, we'll shimmy through. 
Okay, this one is not going to be a quick one. I'm going to get you guys to breathe for a second uh, because this is a burning question for our friend John Jones. And we'll go around the horn for this, so be prepared. John Jones wants to know, who are the three people in paintball who have been the most influential to you? Three people in paintball, most influential. I will start with you, Todd. It's your show. Wow, that's a tough one. Um, I think originally Ron Kilborn was my influence to continue to do speedball and uh, try to seek out that dream. Um, he was a, a, t- a coach of a pro team, and he was known for bringing a lot of uh, new talent into the league. That that would definitely be one. Um, I don't know. There was a back what my, some of my original uh, people I looked up to when I was coming out to the field were the guys that were like the everyday or every weekend players that were way better than I was. I I, I idolized them and and sought to be after them. Um, and in the industry, I that's a tough one. I don't know. There's no one really in the industry that's. I don't know. That's a tough one. I'm, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave those as, as my two then for now. Okay. Think about it. I will throw to Josh, who's doing some Google searching right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, if I can, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit of a cop out and say that um, one Joe, of the most, you're next. most influential ones for me was not necessarily a person, but Splat Magazine. And uh, specifically the edition that was, I think it was blue from blues crew was like jumping over top of a log looking down and bunkering somebody was laying down below it that that image really solidified paintball in my mind um and i maybe can throw recon magazine in there too with the spec op boys (laughs) but uh i would definitely say tom k uh and i'm gonna throw in now someone who gets me kind of going about paintball over again would be simon stevens yeah there you go um, Wolf, Wolf Critchlow brought up a couple. Hastings, Mike Phillips, and Dan Colby. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them in here. What about you, Garvin? Danny? Uh, I, want to to, I, want, I want to go to Joe first, who's yeah. been in the game the longest. What's the question? Uh, who's the most... Uh, three three people you can pick. Uh, who is most influential to you uh, in paintball? That's, you know, that's... You know, I... while Joe's thinking, because he needs it, sounds like he needs a second. Dan and Hardy it... says Bud Orr, Bob Long, and Glenn Palmer. Mm. You know, there, there's, mm. there's the, you know, there's the obviously there's you know, like your Tipmans, your Bud Ors, um, Aldo Perone. You know, he, he, you know, entered with a, with you know a different, um, uh, different paintballs. Brad Moss, who started Badlands, he's pretty important. But then, you know, there's some of your local, you know, the behind the bunker people are, are have been, you know, influential in getting people involved and helping keep the paintball community together. Um, you know, any of the players that, you know, any of our field members that, or the guys that help build our field, like, you know, these are all people that are often over, overlooked. Yeah. Um, there's 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 so many it's like accolades like who do i thank how do i thank everybody yeah. it's it's kind of impossible but i just 
you know, there's been so many people that have, have you know, been around Flag Raiders, like Bob Spicer. You know, he started as a 15-year-old a kid with his dad playing. Then, you know, he stopped playing. You know, life got in the way. Then he came back to paintball again. And, you know, there's all, all these kind of guys. Wolf, you know, Wolf's done a, so much for the industry, you know, as as well so like there's so many people that you know yeah. have played an important role in you and know, you know the sad thing is too growth. like there are so many important people like you just mentioned a person's name that no one would know who he was but he's had such a pivotal part of his industry in just a small aspect but there's so many people behind the scenes that even if we start rhyming off names a lot of people wouldn't know who they were but the roles that they played behind the scenes are 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 phenomenal um man you we know, could talk I, about these people for hours you know so like Corona. Yeah. i remember going to the the brass eagle or the exo paint factory you know in in brampton and you'd walk in there and stuff would be held together with duct tape and and stuff but yet they produced the roundest ball and paintball ever it, don't forget know, clothes hangers stuff might have been some of the hardest paint yeah. um, some of the lower end stuff was the hardest man but that, that <laughs> yeah was round you yeah it was unbelievable on the flat surface that thing that stuff would roll straight forever yeah. you know so there's so, so many people that are influential for me because it's a, a personal question right to who uh that, who's most influential to you um absolutely tom k but or uh, and it was a great, I was grateful to be part of the show where we got to chat with our legends, yeah. but ultimately number one in my life in paintball and why I love it and why I'm still here today is uh, Joseph P. Kimson. And I say that with all sincerity, uh, a man who started paintball in Ontario and Canada a couple years after the invention of the sport, but with his vision uh, and how welcoming he is to everybody who shows up at the field, um, he not only became uh, you know, an important part of my life because of the sport, but it became family. So I really appreciate Flag Raiders. I really appreciate Joe Kimson and everything he's done for the sport of paintball in Canada uh, and now internationally uh, with this with venue as well. So most influential uh, and a big part of my life. Uh, and I call him part, part of my family as well. Joe Kimson, number one for me. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, nice. Gavin. It was a very Maestro Fresh that... West quote you stole there when, he, when you said he stuck to his vision. It's funny though to think that none of us would be here doing this if Joe hadn't started this as his college project. But it was the whole, it, it, you know, the, the passion of it, uh, the love of the, the game, which is really early on, but really helping to grow uh, the experience. Yeah. Um, and and that's why we're all here. That's why we're all chatting, right? So I mean, at least us, right? Everybody else, your local field owner, if they're not on your top list in terms of how they got you hooked and how they kept you in the game. Uh, you may want to reconsider that because it's yeah. the the people who do it on a weekly basis. You know, the Saturdays, the Sundays, the the Tuesday nights, um, who have given all of their 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 love, uh, their family time uh, for, for the sport that we love. Uh, you know, they your, should be on top. Your of the local list, dealers, your local dealers. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, but, you know what? I had I had a, I had a little bit of the uh, the 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 purple uh, the the purple Kool Aid, uh, and it, you know, it's still flowing through my veins. So I appreciate yeah. uh, I appreciate Joe yeah. Kimson and uh, all he's done for the sport. Yeah. Uh, Bob Spicer brings up two other people, Mike Lucas and Richmond Italia. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, good for Joe and all like Joe's only been around since 83. I know there's maybe only a couple other fields that are even like that or have been that around that long. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, Bob Guernsey, Dennis Tippman, and Bud Orr says uh, Richie Rampage Santos. Uh, Gavin, are we done with the questions for now? Can we put a pause on? Yeah, you know, I bored you all, so I'm going to cinch up my sack, and uh, whatever I have remaining, I will address next week. And if you have some burning questions, uh, just things that are bothering you, please send it to showbehindthebunker.com or post on any of the social medias, and we will address it on mail time. Or go see a doctor. Uh, if COVID's <laughs> over, yes, go. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, did you guys know Planet Eclipse has more championships, new mechanical markers, new electronic markers, new territory, including the new MagFed division? Get Planet Eclipse, ladies and gentlemen, and take on the world. And I will tell you that for our 500th episode in just a couple of weeks, we have some pretty sweet Planet Eclipse merch we want to give away. Uh, so check that out in uh, in a couple of weeks for our 500th. When the world's greatest players, photographers, and expecting parents need the best coverage, most vivid colors, biggest selection, they pull a tab on an EG product. Hashtag pop smoke. Thick welded seams, stainless steel hardware, multiple color options makes AirUps the number one choice for inflatables on and off the field. Made in America by Brett Davis and his crew, get AirUps.com. Dreams fade. Ruthless paintball products, color sublimations, and craftsmanship never die. On or off the field, Ruthless will keep you fresh. Use the promo code BTB15 for 15% off your order. Adapt, create, and win. Exalt is in our blood. Make your game boil. Get Exalt available worldwide. From the beginning, you'd stumble down a rocky cliff or waded chest deep through a mosquito-infested bog. But whether you're sliding into the snake or running and gunning, GI Sports has a gear for you. Now with the new Stormer, Stormer Elite, and Stormer Tactical. DLX Technologies. True industry innovators with some of the lightest, fastest, and sleekest hardware in the paintball market. DLX has the power to get to the podium. And that's where you guys want to be. And thank you to all of our awesome sponsors. If you guys get an opportunity, please tag them. Uh, tag your favorite sponsor while you're watching the show here. Um, just a reminder, again, in a couple of weeks, let me see if I can find it here, but uh, we're going to have our 500th episode. Uh, that will happen on Monday, March 29th. And there'll be lots of fanfare and celebrations for that. So make sure you're here to check it out. Um, I think it's time, Josh, that we uh, talk about our topic at hand tonight. And we're going to watch all of you guys in the live chat. So if you get an opportunity to uh, post your thoughts, we'll try to uh, try to get them on the air like we've been doing with uh, with most of you guys tonight. Topic tonight is how can you help newbies on the field? Um, and this I is promise, on the field. Yeah. I promise Gavin I'm not going to start off with cancer. Now I had uh, you've got a bunch of sheets that they had had uh, uh, of, of people that yes, posted on social media. Gavin, I think I gave you a couple as well today. You did, yep. Um, and then Joe, maybe can you can watch the live comments in the live chat and uh, see if anybody has some helpful hints there as well. So guys, we want to know how can you help newbies on the playing field. All right. So the first one I've got is from Kevin Aitchison. Uh It says easiest one is don't be a Richard. A lot of jaded people in the sport. Kids don't come back. We spend all day dumping on them. That's pretty much anywhere, really, though. Yeah. Uh, Jason Diff says, let the kids play uh, on the other team, and then they shoot me. Uh, sticking out wider than he normally does, and in any extra gear he has, he's sure to lend it out. Russ Wiggers, um, I think, has one of my favorite ones. Says, uh, one of my favorite quotes from the Special Ops Recon magazines before they stopped printing was, you can't push a rope 
It applies to a lot in life and paintball. So don't force the newbies. Let them play and let them figure it out. You guys uh, have a sorry, is, sorry, Josh. You got a got a couple good ones coming in on uh, on on the on uh, Facebook and YouTube. So keep them coming, guys. Sorry, Josh. Uh, next one is from Matt Beza. Sometimes I get I let the young first time players use my Lux for a game, and then they love it. Well, <laughs> How could they not, Matthew? Who wouldn't? Like seriously, um, if I find out where Matt plays, I'm just going to tell him I'm new, and I'd like to try his marker. Here's my Lamborghini. Why don't you just give that a, give that a try? Can I, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jared Skibo was a friend of the chat forum, says, hand them a smoke grenade. They'll swear you just gave them Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong, though. That's, that's true. And then uh, there was a fight in the chat from Richard and Glenn Forrester, which was very amusing that I'm not going to read dramatically. And then uh, last but not least, I'll wind it up with Doug Walker. By leaving your CS2 at home and using a pump. That's right. If you're going to end up playing with newbie players throughout the day and you know you are, don't go out there packing some monstrous uber duber, super flashy thing. You know, take a pump out or actually go up to the counter and play with the same marker they are to show that it's not about what you're shooting. It's about how you play. Yeah, yeah. Gavin, what do you got? Uh, so just looking at the chat right oh, now. Actually, and a number... Sorry, go ahead. My yeah, bad. no, a number of people have said it. So Tommy Guns in the chat, always give them your leftover paint on the way out. Absolutely. A pot or two can certainly make a, a, a kid's day uh, and let them know the community is welcoming and uh, and, 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 uh, and supports them, right? So um, the next one comes to us from uh, Instagram Worlds, and it's the uh, Joda Shark. He just wants to know, lead by example, keep your mask on, listen to the refs, watch your emotions and language, have fun, win or lose, and always show good sportsmanship. Yeah. Yeah. And sorry, Todd, you were saying? No, I was, Joe had his hand up, so. Okay, uh, Go ahead. Steve, Steve Meyer, don't kick their hoppers off, of course. Dane and Hardy, <laughs> always have a loner microfiber. Um, Bobby oh, Dowse, make sure their guns are working. Um, Karen Wright, um, let them know I always let them know that I'm a newbie too and let them stick close to me so they don't feel alone on the field. Good idea, Bob Spicer. Empower, teach them, reward, recognize. Someone else mentioned about, you know, let them know what 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 bunkers are good and what to hide behind for every, because every, every game and every field plays slightly different, although the outcome is often similar, but, you know, games unfold and unravel differently each time. So let them know, give them a little bit of direction, give them some pointers, get them to follow you, you know, be a be a mentor don't then don't shoot them up you know shoot around them let them hit you they'll feel pretty good about it Dwayne, Be a mentor not a meathead Dwayne yeah. King in the YouTube chat says uh, I help newbies by letting them shoot me <laughs> no you just yeah that's that's my philosophy <laughs> yeah yeah and first of all good point about microfibers we talk about squeegees and all these other great things that have come out for paintball but the microfiber is the true unsung hero it's like uh, in every trench warfare a microfiber is a must that's something you ha should have in your pocket or your pouch for sure and second of all we're talking about how you can help newbies on the field i kind of don't like the question because it kind of assumes that you guys as experienced players are playing with rental kids i guess when i read the question i'm hoping that people are reading it like if you're playing a large scenario game and you see some newer players playing i guess that's what i was hoping uh, but yeah, I'm hoping that you, when you guys go to your local field, that they're not, you're not playing with 
rental kids, if, if you will. We often on Tuesday nights, though, at the outdoor field, because we have our Tuesday night paintball, you often get, you know, people showing up and they want to give it a go because they've heard Tuesday nights are fun or they're just out and about and they want to try paintball. So we often have newbies mixed in. We just, we simply don't have enough, um, you know, enough players to run two separate games. But, you know, Tuesday nights are good and, you you know, it's nice to be able to take a couple of rental players with you and, you know, sort of show them the ropes, show them the sneaky spots, the neat places to hide where the long grass is or, or something like that. It's kind of cool to give them that that experience that, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't otherwise find or get them to lay in the grass with you while, while everybody giggles as as paintballs whiz over your head then you get up and shoot someone like th- those are experiences that people will talk about yeah well i, I, so I to- disagree with joe i wholeheartedly because tuesday nights is a different form of paintball when you get the really experienced players out there the game flows differently it plays differently if that's somebody's first experience they're going to expect that every time they go out yeah, Maybe, but, but I, I think... mean, you, you want to create a culture that's going to be inclusive, yeah. right? So it, it does. Yeah. And I've got no problem with, with it at all. But I, I was just laughing because I was thinking about um, playing Tuesday nights during the day today. And I remember, you know, it, it's a game starts in three, two, one. And it's like where you start off, whatever building you start off in is instantaneously empty because everybody just leaves. Right. Whereas if you play on the weekend, you play with some some rental players like game starts in three two one and nobody moves yeah yeah <laughs> i think you know they're like i'm gonna stay here and hold this building down it's like well there's several others we need to hold down too but yeah, yeah. i i think in answer to the question one of, one of my comments would be if you really want to help out a new newer player to the sport or a newbie don't give them advice don't give them free paint go with them and play with them and play behind them and kind of coach with them just by saying, hey, go take that bunker. It's a really good one. I mean, what's to say that you're just not using them as a meat shield, right? Like, right. be, be a, you know, it's like it's like Joe, when he used to come out with, with his son, he'd play with him, take him bunker to bunker, right? I think there's an important thing there. And then people see that, you know, they're watching you and they're seeing the same thing real time. They go, well, there's guys at that building, but yet the guy that's playing with me is sticking his head up periodically putting down fire and then putting his head back down maybe i should do that so they're learning while you're there you can only tell someone to do so much but if you're showing them and working with them maybe i don't know maybe maybe that helps but sometimes it's fun to take someone that's a little bit younger and get out there and play you know i was gonna say play with them but i'm sure that would have got a bell ding uh so damon duff uh in the uh the response has some really great points within his response so it was uh treat them like uh, part of your own team slash family uh, ask them how their day is going loan them some high-end gear or different variants of markers so they get a feel of what the sport is like above the rental or entry level uh in the part that uh, sort of tug at my heartstrings is the biggest thing is to always listen to their needs and provide advice that fits those needs to give overall the best experience whether it's the first time or 99th time yes don't dictate what they need don't dictate in terms of their experience but help support them on that so i do uh i wish i could like that and uh and and pin that uh great response thank you for that very good do you do any of you guys have any more comments before we uh i i have one comment about your whole microfiber shenanigans what is wrong with my microfiber comment um the greatest invention in the world is whatever was wrapped around the red squeegee i wish i could get a pocket full of that instead of a microfiber yeah those were good squeegees i don't know what i don't know what that was 
it felt like steel wool. It never scratched barrels. <laughs> but dang, but, did it ever hold paint? Really but you guys, well. you, that's but why you the no, go, But you never have idea. Like when when you guys are out there, how many times you use that microfiber when you couldn't see out your goggles and one wipe and you're clean again. You're playing. Like, do you know how crappy life would be if no one ever discovered the microfiber? Paper, yeah, you still be using the back towels. of Gavin's jersey. <laughs> but I'm talking yeah, like, like, like soap and water never existed before. Then. No, but I'm talking like on <laughs> like the field, right? The staging area I'm talking on the field. You got you've got fog, or you got you got you got splatter on your goggles, right? Or you're between games. Instead of having to run back in and use your precious soap and water and your paper towels, you just the ref comes over and squeegees you. It's like the okay, greatest so thing j- in the world. No, Joe had a individual flag waiters approved spray, yes. <laughs> spray system <laughs> with uh, with a squeegee yeah. uh, that was designed for uh, for ski goggles. For ski goggles, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oakley, I think they were called it? skeegees. Skeegees, yes. Yeah. And so, the, yes, there was more steps in the process. So don't tell me we could have never lived without uh, microfibers. <laughs> yeah, but like, okay, Gavin, I, I know you specifically when you play in the bush and you're getting shot up and you're just like, like you're wiping all your hits with the microfiber <laughs> oh, on your goggles. God. I'm just kidding. Are we talking about Todd style <laughs> I'm just play? kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, you know what I mean? Like when, when, when we play, we play. We go out to a field, we play that match. When you get shot, you go to the dead zone. Then we switch and we go and play the opposite direction, right? Yeah. And it's a foggy night. That microfiber, as soon as you pass one out, it's like it's like the only girl at a sausage fest. Everyone notices, they're like, oh, can I, can I, can I? And everyone starts reaching Why would for you that, go there? right? <laughs> well, it's, tell me my analogy is bad. Give me a better analogy than that, Gavin. It wasn't we're not, we're not talking the, the village bicycle. Come on. <laughs> It's a it's a piece of cloth, right? <laughs> but it's microfiber. This is what people need. They need this. This is a a goggle squeegee. It's like a piece of, I don't know, where's my camera? It's like a piece of windshield wiper material, and it's you could three D print these if I had a three D printer. You can also that, teach your then, young son how to shave without hurting then we himself. Have the, Flag Raider personal on-field goggle spray device that's got some soapy water in it. Spray it on and just squeegee this off, cleaned your goggles, then just give it a buff with a microfiber. It's pretty wicked. This is what paintball industry needs. If someone wants to invent something, every even if every player doesn't have one of these, every ref should carry one of these because you could clean up every rental's goggles so they can see more, shoot more, and tell more stories. This is the more. Yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Are you guys any more points before we move on? Because I think we're gonna have to uh, to change things up here. Okay, so why don't we do that, ladies and gentlemen? First of all, if you guys are watching us on Facebook, make sure you guys share us to any of your favorite paintball groups so that they know that we exist, um, and give us a thumbs up or or, or like on your way out. Uh, we're gonna say goodbye to you guys watching us on Facebook, and we're gonna continue to broadcast on YouTube for our after show slash podcast. And if you're listening to us on our podcast medium after the show, you know this is included, so don't you don't have to go anywhere. But uh, yeah, that was awesome. I appreciate all you guys tuning in on Facebook tonight. Joe, thank you for being on. Thanks for having me, and thanks for everyone for uh, watching and you know enjoying behind the bunker. It's mm-hmm. Monday night. It's garbage night. It used to be Hawaii Five O. Now it's whoever else is on on Monday night, but thanks for tuning in. We'll see everybody t- next time. Yeah. You. What about Garvin Sharma? Always great to be here, folks, and I sincerely appreciate uh, you guys joining us in the YouTubes and the Facebooks. 
uh, and the shares. Um, we're close to 500. I'm getting really excited about it. I hope you guys are too. It's going to be a special show. So make sure you share along the week uh, so people know that they can tune in to see a monumental episode in a couple of weeks. That's Thanks right. for joining us. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Josh? Yeah, thanks for having me again this week. And uh, don't forget, folks, to help control your local airsoft population. Have your local airsofter spayed or neutered. Awesome. If you guys are watching us right now on YouTube, don't go anywhere. If you're listening to us on our podcast, don't go anywhere. Guys on Facebook, we'll see you next week. Don't be a freeloader. If you liked what you hear, make sure to hit the share button below. Also follow us on our social media outlets like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, ICQ, and now MySpace. If you want to join the conversation, post your comments and we might read them on the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was a fun show. Let me tell you something. We had lots of content we just didn't get to, but we'll get to some more of that next week. And I know we say that every week, but yeah, that was good. Um, so thank you all. If you guys are watching us on YouTube right now, thanks for sticking around. And uh, yeah, we just like to continue the show for just a little while longer. Um Last week, you guys, we were talking about what we miss about COVID, all the stuff that we miss doing, and we kind of started waxing poetic about it. I don't want to get into COVID, but I just found a counter argument to everything that we said. I was somewhere this week. I was at a store. I was waiting in line to get in. Someone came up, said, hey, Todd, how are you? Good. Started asking me questions that involved both the field and the show, and I had a hard time making small talk. And when the person left and walked away, I still couldn't figure out who that was. And these are the things that I don't miss about COVID is the small talk and the I'm horrible with people's names and faces. And I don't mean any disrespect. I've always been that way. And it hit me. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to get back to that soon. I feel bad. And if you're listening out there, I I, I don't mean any disrespect. But uh, yeah, those social situations are going to be coming back soon. And we just lost one viewer. <laughs> we yeah. did. I can't tell you well, who it was, Gavin, but we certainly did. They know. <laughs> they know who they are. Yeah. And it's tough because, you know, on social media, you have so many friends on social media that may know you and you may know them sort of. But then when you see them in public, unless you remember their profile pic and their hair is the same way and they're, you know, whatever, they're it's hard it's hard to remember everybody you know joe's I, I, different he's the opposite he knows everybody's face he knows everybody's names i i, I struggle what they do for a living yeah <laughs> yes it's funny it's funny i've been seeing people at chicopee and they'll come up to me and they'll i'm like i'm wearing a mask i have a hat on because it's cold and my jacket's all done up and they're going are you joe from flaggers because they recognize my voice right i had a guy come up to me and goes pew pew like that and i just because i was awesome. talking and where, where i'm where i'm working and where i'm standing i'm talking to everyone and greeting everybody much like at, when gavin and i are at the field um on a busy day but um yeah I've okay Dwayne. i know your name i've never once called you a wrong name Dwayne. i know who you are i may i may have had to have referred to you as bag of chips a couple times but i know that you are Dwayne. come on well bag of chips is a lot better than what you used to call him with bag of <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did say Potatoes? sugar, right? Potatoes. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's I, I. I wanted to bring that up. The other thing I want to say is uh, no spoilers. But if you haven't watched Coming to America yet, um, well worth the watch. It's not you as watch. good as the new one or the old one, but it's it well worth was watching. 
Absolutely. I would agree with you on that. Uh, obviously, the original is always the best. Uh, I saw it, Air to Air Grin. I've already gone into the second watching of it, the viewing of it. Have you? Loved it. Yeah. So, you know, our friend Joe disagrees, apparently. I, I watched, I watched, <laughs> we watched Coming to America. It was entertaining. I, I smiled and chuckled out loud several times. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I guess I wish they wouldn't have shoehorned some of the jokes in that they had to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it was good. And I like the cameos that were in it. A lot of good. Uh, okay. Um, and the guy that the only negative thing is the guy that plays the new prince. I don't like him. I didn't like right. him. And I, I, I wish they would have found someone else. But having Tracy Morgan in it was uh, was helped that plot line. So I do want to talk a little bit about the cameos. And I don't know why it didn't happen. Uh, could be contractually or just politically. In when they went back to Mighty Sharp, the hair, uh, the barber shop, why they didn't have Cuba Gooding Jr. in the chair? Yeah, uh, I was no either an oversight or they just couldn't do it because he was originally in the uh, the first episode, uh, the uh, the yeah. first season, not season, damn it, the first movie. Yeah, um, and... but he didn't have a speaking role, and it would have been brilliant if they revisited it with him with a little bit more gray in his hair. Yeah. And we, we'll try not to do any spoilers for those of you because not everyone watched yep. it the first week. But um, we we showed our we showed my 15 year old daughter the original one two weeks ago, and this weekend we sat back down and uh, on Friday and Saturday and we we finished watching it the new one and and she 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 didn't know originally in the original movie that Eddie Murphy played all those characters and on the second one she got it and she you know she it, it made more sense but. Uh, it was definitely so, enjoyable watching it through someone's new new eyes. So Are that's funny because my, uh, my 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 little person was wondering who was going to play the old Jewish guy in the uh, the barber shop. Had not made the connection that that was Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just with makeup, yeah. Yeah. My kids were playing Xbox and pouting, so yeah. it doesn't matter. There's a there's a good Are interview both, by both of those on Netflix. No, on Amazon. Oh, coming to America's on Netflix. Amazon too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've I haven't watched either one, so I'm gonna watch both of them tonight. Really? Yeah. Wow. Good for you. How are you gonna watch two of them tonight? Don't you work tomorrow? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> All right. Okay. Welcome back to our paintball talk. Yeah. No kidding. Sorry. <laughs> the talk is the, oh, like um, everyone's talking about that movie, and it's topical right now, and I'm pretty excited like, and pretty happy. You know about what? It. Do you know what no one's talking about? Disney just put on something called Stars on their their streaming app. Okay. You know what? Hang on. Let me see if I got that right. I'm pretty sure it's Stars. But it has The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah. All of The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. Now, Netflix will also have all of the Seinfeld, but not for a little while yet. Um, and all of Futurama. And all the Family Guy. Cool. Yeah, I, I made a mistake. There's a ton of stuff here. I, I made a there's mistake. Seven, there's 707 yeah. episodes of The Simpsons. There's almost as many behind the bunkers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're both yeah. equally as stupid. But on the note of Disney, I made a huge mistake. Um, I I saw that there was a new movie on Disney. It's the new um, the new movie, whatever it is, the about the dinosaur. And I said to him, I, we were talking, the family were talking, we were saying, saying, hey, what, you know, what should we watch? Because uh, lately we've been sitting in front of the TV for dinner. And I said, well, why don't we watch that new Disney movie? 
And they're like, yeah, yeah. And and Corey goes, you realize we have to pay for it? I said, yeah, whatever. I'm. What is it? Like four bucks? Like these re- these movies are cheap. Like whatever. And I went on there and ain't, ain't it wasn't four bucks. Add another thirty ninety nine on top of that. And because I had already set it as my bright ass idea, I had to pay for it myself. But uh, thirty four ninety nine. Yes. To watch a movie. To watch a movie. And that had no popcorn. Yeah, that's the one. What's it called? Raya? Yeah, is Raya? that because you did not bother to order your popcorn ahead of time? Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. It was cute, but it wasn't $34.99 cute. And nobody's cleaning up your mess <laughs> when you leave, right? No <laughs> kidding. Nobody's sweeping the aisles. My floor is just as sticky, but I'm telling you, it was... So uh... <laughs> I just dumping car- popcorn on his carpet in his living room. Clean Next movie I go to a cinema to see, I'm definitely doing that. You happy to be back? I'm buying two bags of popcorn just to dump them. <laughs> I'm gonna sprinkle this one. Sodas everywhere. The yeah. I'm leaving a trail. Yeah. I told you guys we bought do you think- we ordered movie popcorn a couple weeks ago. It was the greatest thing. I would do that again. Not on a thirty-four dollar movie, but I would do that again. Do you think the floors in the movie theater are still sticky? I know they are. How can they not be? They're probably <laughs> the they're probably sticky. worse. <laughs> All, yeah. all those starving rats. Yeah. Before Gorilla made glue, they made flooring material. <laughs> well, now it's hair like, products, right? Just <laughs> <up here. laughs> yeah. Oh, how could you possibly? Oh. <laughs> and she runs a daycare. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, I, I, I apologize for not talking anything painful on the after show, but that coming to America, if you haven't seen it yet, First of all, watch the first one if you're Zuby. If you're not, watch the second one. It's uh, Josh. I'm curious because you've only you'll be watching them sequentially. I'm curious to know which one you 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 prefer better because we've all watched Coming to America several times prior to this next one coming out. So, see and, and okay, here's the weird part. I don't remember this movie whatsoever. Really? But I remember. Th- I I know the picture, the image of Eddie Murphy with the um the chain on. Yeah, yeah. In the in like the fur looking cap. I remember that image, but I had no idea it was a movie. I had no idea it was Wow. Like, I, yeah. 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 The royal unit is clean your highness gets used way too often, but aside from that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other further words there, ladies and gentlemen, before we go? No, we've lost all our viewers tonight, so it's fine. <laughs> They're yeah. all watching Bye. coming to America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're yeah. writing hate letters now. Oh, wow. All right. Well, thanks again, Josh, for being on the program. Oh, thank you. Sounding all fancy-like. And Gavin uh, Sharma? Always great to be here, folks, and we really appreciate your support. Uh, enjoy the movie. <laughs> and Joe Kimson? Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you uh, next week. And don't forget, guys, 500th episode in two more weeks. Uh, set your clock, set your calendars, and uh, don't don't forget to tune in. There'll be lots of uh, prizes and shenanigans afoot. So thanks all for listening. We'll uh, see you next week. Hello and welcome to Behind the Bunker. If you like tonight's show, it is turned into a podcast, and you can find hundreds of them at Apple Podcast or through Spotify.